Hey friends, I'm so expectant this morning. We have a great pillar of this house, two actually, Brett and Scotty, great champions of Silverwater, now um, empowered and commissioned by God to go out across Australia and pray and see salvation, see revival, see healing. Everywhere they go, the presence and power of God is evident and great miracles follow in their wake. And so we're really privileged to have them home here today. Can we please give Brett a huge welcome as he comes today? Thank you, Dan. Awesome. Praise God. Look at you all. This church is on fire. Why don't you give yourselves a big round of applause here this morning? Praise God. You know, life throws a whole bunch of things up, doesn't it? You can grab your seat. But you know, you've made it through everything that's ever come your way. There's nothing that's happened to you that's defeated you yet. And I can say that because if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't be here today. That's true, isn't it? Every battle you've ever fought, you've won. And even battles that you're going through, you're still here, praise God. And and I I just sensed this morning, I didn't plan to start off quite like this, but I just sensed this morning that people are going to get a breakthrough in this service here today. People are going to get a breakthrough. All you have to do is just relax. The Bible says, cast all your burdens upon Him because he cares for you. you, When you just relax, just take a deep breath and just allow your mind to think that everything's going to be okay. And as you do that, you give God space that he can move and he can start to do a miracle in your life. I tell you, God is so good. And um, I just want to thank Pastor Natalie and Hartley for, for allowing Scotty and I to be involved the way we are in the church here and and really it is a privilege to serve in the house of God um, you know you, you can you can you might be in a team or doing stuff and you think oh truth it's my week on this week and and you know we're all human that that it can feel like that occasionally but when you step back and have a big picture look at it it really is the greatest privilege and the greatest honor to be involved in a community of believers, to be involved in something that is changing lives eternally on the earth. And, and the church is the context. And, and everywhere we go, we, we only do churches because church is the context. Unless you're building something in the church, you're not really building anything at all. You're just, you're just stirring up a bit of dust and making a bit of noise. But when you do something in the church, come on, let's give God a proper round of applause. You're building, you're building for the generations. You know, my son goes to youth, and, and, and we love to do a bit of four-wheel driving when we can get away, but I'm not allowed to do anything on a Friday night because Friday night is youth night. How awesome is that? We can't do anything. Can't make any plans on a Friday night. Can't do anything because it's youth night. Doesn't matter how good it is. It's youth night, and that's better than than four-wheel driving, apparently. Praise. Never was when I was going to church years ago, but it is now. Praise God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just honoured to be here today. And and um, at the close of this meeting, Pastor Nat's going to say some kind words and bless us even more. And give you guys an opportunity to to be a part of what we're doing financially and and I guess in a way I just want to want to say thank you in advance for those of you who would who would feel to do that and and we're just so honored to be here and last year the support we got 
from, from this church, from this congregation was we were, we were, we were, we were breathtaking um, by the way that people just responded to us and many have since then in an ongoing way as well. And um, just, to, just to recap, about, about four years ago, we started to pray for the sick and God started to heal them everywhere. It was just happening. And um, I remember this has been going on for, you know, maybe 12 months or so. And I used to think to myself, oh my gosh, I could really have fun in this church. If I could, if we could do something like, you know. And the Holy Spirit said, because there was no opportunities at that point. The Holy Spirit said to me, get your own crowd. Get your own crowd. So I just started to minister to people on my job sites and, and anyone like that that I could find. And we just started to see the power of God move. And people would get healed and they'd get saved. It was incredible. And back then, God gave me this word uh, in Acts 10.38, where the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. And, and that was my word. In fact, it was, this might sound prideful, but anyway, it was so much my word that God says, put your name in there. So I did. And this is how I say it now when I'm saying it to myself. I say how God anointed Brett Lindner of Australia with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. I mean, you could put your name in there. Someone told me, some, someone once told me that a famous preacher got a Bible. They gave him a Bible and every, every, every word, every time where it said the word you, they, they had his name written in there. Like it might have been Brian and every, it had Brian or whoever his name was written in, in this Bible from Cuthbert. Wouldn't that be cool to get a Bible like that? I, that's how we need to read our Bibles. And um, so since basically we, we were um, commissioned by Pastor Phil back in 2014 to to and released from the church and, and prayed over and, and and since since it's actually since exactly May the 18th was when we started to kind of keep records of where we're going and what we're doing and since then we've been into um, I've got to get it here been into 96 churches over that time and and we've seen 736 people come to Christ over those two and a half years praise God and God it, it you see when people when people see miracles happen they they, they want to know more that the, the the testimony of of Jesus is so real in the meaning and, and we, we just even had a bunch of youth we just come off a weekend last weekend was one of two weekends in a row that we spent at a church in Melbourne it's a church that's probably almost as big as this church numerically in their congregation, although they've, they've got other congregations as well, much like our church here. And their youth group, we had 17 people give their hearts to Christ in the youth. They all sat around on a, I'll show you a picture later, um, or maybe we could have it up here shortly. Uh, the youth are just all sitting around in this gymnasium, just in an ordinary gymnasium with no lights, nothing. And I said to these guys, I said, if you want to receive Christ right now, I want you to stand to your feet. And all these kids just stood to their feet. Isn't that incredible? And the power of God just moves. And, and so many of them got healed. Actually, every single, every single young person in that meeting, that was um, fr last Friday, actually, every single person who came to the front for prayer was completely healed in their bodies or whatever it was that they were carrying. They were all set free. Can we give God some glory here today? <laughs> 
And um, so we're just kind of, you know, going from level to level and stage to stage. And it, and it is a walk of faith. My business, I've pretty much let that run right down now. It, we do, I do about one day a week in that. I've had an opportunity to expand it, but I just, it, I, I tried to. I had some ads made up and everything ready to post and and, and, and we, just, we just could not get a piece about it. In fact, we were dishonoring to God if I would have gone that way. He said to me, it's time to focus on what I've called you to do. And it says in 2 Timothy 4.14, it says the gift, it says um, to honor the gift that he's put in you, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the elders. Meditate on these things. And devote yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. You see, we're on a we're, the time is running short, people. Time is literally running short, and we have to be focused. We have to be determined. We have to be deliberate, and that's what I love about this series, the fight of faith. And um, I'm going to share some things out of that here this morning. I might even get to pray for one or two people in this meeting here as well. We're going to turn the we're going to turn the tap on tonight, and um, we are going to pray for the sick tonight. We're going to open this meeting right up and just let the Holy Spirit move, and we're going to pray for people. If you've got friends that you know need to be in a meeting like this, even if they're here this morning, come back again tonight, because we're going to just turn the tap all the way on, because if we turn on this morning, we mightn't get off again, you know what I'm saying? Um, but we're going to turn it on tonight. And, and, and um, I'm even going to say now, if you want prayer, if you come tonight, you're not going to miss out. We will pray for every person here tonight who wants prayer. Is that cool? Yeah. So um, get the word out to whoever's in your world. But the fight of faith. I love this series. It, I, I said to Hartley, this is such an awesome series to be invited to minister into. And, and a lot of people don't understand faith. A lot of people think that faith is something that you just conjure up in your mind. That it, you know, people think of faith, they think of someone like Pastor Phil. You think, well, how could I ever be like him? He's just so amazing. He's just, you know, he, he's just achieved all these things. He believes God. He just has this gift upon his life. But faith is really, really simple. And faith is something that every single person can get a hold of. Tonight I'm going to talk about the keys of the kingdom of God. It, um, Jesus said to Peter, he said, I, I give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, for many people, the kingdom of heaven is locked up. In fact, if you don't have a key, the kingdom of heaven is locked up. And it's like nothing happens. And I've been in churches where the kingdom of heaven is locked up and there's nothing happening. But I'm not going to minister on that here now. But tonight we're going to talk about the keys. And, and faith is it's just so much in this topic of faith that will unlock things. Some people are going to be blessed by that. But this morning I want to talk about the fight of faith. So many people think that faith just... There's this thing that people think that God is like a K-Sarah-Sarah God. Whatever will be, will be. You know, if it's your will, God will just let it happen. But I'm telling you, God's not like that at all. Someone said here early, quoted a scripture early here this morning, I think it was Pastor Nat, where she said, let your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus asked us to pray that way for one reason only, and that is that a lot of the time on earth, God's will is not actually happening. 
you've only got to look in the newspapers and you'll see that. And, and even locally, you'll see that in people's lives, maybe your next-door neighbors, whoever. And faith is what bridges us over from the natural to the supernatural. Faith is what God needs in order to open things up to allow his power to move. It's illegal for him in a lot of cases for him to come in and interfere because he's given this world to us. And he's not going to violate his original arrangement that he made with us, his word. He never violates his word. So that a lot of people say, well, if God's God, if he's so good, why does he allow this to happen? Why does he allow that to happen? It's not so much that he allows it, but that we allow it. We are the ones who allow it. We allow our minds to think negative thoughts. We allow our attitudes to become dark at times. We allow ourselves to to be troubled by things that we shouldn't even have to worry about instead of casting our cares upon Him. He's given us the answer to everything that we could ever face in life. And it's like I heard one preacher say, said, God, God never takes... If people can will themselves to hell if they want to. Like, that's pretty heavy, but it's true. We, God, God's not going to interfere in the choices and in the paths that we take. And if you look in, at entire countries and... and um, places where things are just terrible there's people in leadership where they have made choices and it's influencing entire nations and and it's got nothing to do with God at all he loves people I'm going to preach the the Bible talks about faith that there's a war on there is a war on there's a there's a spiritual war that is absolutely raging it's been raging ever since time began. And it's no less raging right now. I remember in our church years ago, we used to sing this song, forget what it was, but it was about soldiers rising up and fighting and, and um, putting on the armor of God and all this. And this one lady came to our church and she said, oh, I don't agree with that song. She says, I'm a pacifist. Well, I wasn't even sure what a pacifist was back then. <laughs> My pastor told you, said that's someone who doesn't believe in fighting or you know, anything like that. I think, well, the Bible's full of this stuff. And we're just going to have a quick look at this this morning. In 1 Timothy 6, the Bible says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you, were, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. One of the fights of faith that we take is actually salvation. When you come to the front, when you confess Christ, when you make that good confession in front of other people, there's something that happens on the inside of you where you become switched on, you become alive, you were once dead, now you're alive, praise God. And the power of God changes your life. Fight the good fight. Ephesians 6, it's so full of all of what we're talking about here today. Ephesians 6 verse 10 The Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, against against of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places we're not fighting against people we're fighting against an enemy that is out to destroy us he's out to destroy every person the devil you know i i i kind of apologize if this is kind of not super positive right now but sometimes we just need to realize what's really happening 
We haven't, we have, the Bible, Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And faith is what keeps us attached to the will of God in our lives. Faith is what keeps us alive to Christ. It's through believing in Him. It's through our belief. It's through our inner belief, our inner conviction in Christ that God is legally now able to move on our behalf. If you look all through the Old Testament, God had to wait so many times for prophets to speak His word out into the airways, and then he could come in on that word and fulfill the word that was spoken in faith by the prophet. That's why in Isaiah 53, it says he was bruised for our iniquities, he he was wounded for our our transgressions, I was going to say our transmissions, but I've got to get out of my data, (laughs) my old life's coming every now and then, comes up a bit. He was wounded for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. You see, Isaiah had to prophesy that in order that Jesus could then legally come into the earth. Because God had a way through based upon the word. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. I just want to look at a story here in the Old Testament. If you want to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is a great um, story of a war battle, of a fight of faith, and it's, it's David and Goliath. Now, if I can just quickly bring you up to speed, I'm not going to read the whole story, but the Philistine army is on one mountain, there's a valley in between, and the Israelite army is lined up on the other side. And it's like a standoff. It's a bit like the Cold War. No one's game to press the button because they're not quite. They don't deal with. They don't deal with all the all the all the bloodshed. So, so it's, it, it hasn't got to that yet. It's intimidation, where each side is is standing against the other. No one's quite game to make the first move. And then it says. And then what happened was David was just a shepherd boy. He was a nobody, he, but he was anointed by God at that time. Samuel had visited him and anointed him to be the next king. But he was in waiting, and he was just serving his father in the field as a shepherd boy. And his father sent him to to where the soldiers were, because his two brothers were there, just to get word and to give them some supplies. And when he got there, this guy called Goliath was coming out of the Philistine camp and standing there, this giant of a guy. He was about 10 feet tall. He was just a freak. He, he, He was just the most hugest guy out there, bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger or anyone like that, just massive, and he was out there, and he was intimidating the armies of God, and I'm going to pick the story up around there, it says, um, just before I do, one more thing, that David went to Saul, and he, he said to Saul, what's going on here, what, why isn't somebody fighting this guy, and he says, I can take this guy out, let me have a go, I'll take him out. Because the chant was, who, if one person came out and fought against this other guy, Goliath, if they could win, well then the whole, the whole nation would be subject to them. However, if they lost, then they would be subjected to the other nation. It would be two people fight and the whole nation would either win or lose, depending on who, who won that battle. And so, David's there and Saul hangs, 
gives him his armor, this big heavy coat and his shield and his sword and all of these things. And he's just weighed down with this. And it picks up here in verse 17. It says, David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And he says, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling in hand and approached the Philistine. So he's dressed like a shepherd boy with his shepherd's pouch with five stones and just this slingshot. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. David looked over and saw that he was little more... Sorry, he looked at David and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He was just a young guy. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come out at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals. But then David said to the Philistine, he said, You come against me with the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, whom you defile. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. You see, David had a weapon. It was the name of Jesus. He come against the enemy, not in his own strength, but in the name of Jesus. See, it's the name of Jesus that sets people free. It's the name of Jesus that defeats the devil in a person's life. And this, this Bible story, this literally happened. It's a true story. It literally happened thousands of years ago. And I love the Word of God because as well as being a, a history book that's totally accurate, that even atheist scientists and people will use as a, as a history log, it also, some of these stories that happen stand outside of time and they're still happening today. Some of these stories stand outside of the pages of the Bible. They stand outside of the timeline of humanity and they echo in the spirit world. And that's why Jesus is called the son of David. Because it was in his name. And I'm telling you, whatever you're going through in your life, in the name of Jesus, you can overcome it. It's faith in that name. When Peter raised, Peter raised the man at the temple gate and the, and the, and the Pharisees called him in and, and questioned him, he said it was in the name of Jesus and it was by faith in that name that this man stands here well before you today. And they could not answer him. I'm telling you, there's people all over this congregation. You, I declare right now, you are going to take authority over things in your life and you're going to see breakthrough from this day. There's someone in here who's got depression. Who is that? It's not normally something I call people forward for, but if you've got depression, just come to the front. Come quickly. I want to pray for you. God's going to set you free. You've got dark clouds over your life. Just come. Be bold. It's a big call, but you can come. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to keep going. If you've got depression, just come to the front. Hallelujah. You've got weight on your life. Just heaviness. You might not have been diagnosed with depression, but just come anyway, whoever that person is. It's all good. Praise God. Hallelujah. What do we got? You got depression? 
yeah, just relax. Come on, let's reach out to this lady. Just put your hands down, dear lady. Father, right now I'm breaking this thing off her life. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I release this discouragement and manipulation of her soul right now. You set her free. Come on, manipulation, let her go. Set her free, 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 free. Put both hands up here for me. Let's reach out to her, people, just like that. Father, more, more, more. Touch of God's all over her. People are going to get healed in their seats here today as well. Touch of God is coming over people even in this. There's the power of God come. You've got to, you've got to wait for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, God's just been showing me so many things. It says in um, Luke 10, 19, in, and here's another dear lady. It says, I give you power to trample on snakes and scorpions. Actually, it says, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, overcome all the power of the devil. And I, when I do Bible studies, I don't go into the Hebrew and the Greek because I'm not smart enough to do that. Guys who wrote these Bibles are way smarter than me. But in the King James, it says, I give you power to trample on snakes and scorpions. In all the other versions, including the New King James, it says, I give you authority. Wow. Now, obviously, those two words are very close. Maybe even, even mean the same thing in the original. But for us today, when I think of authority, I think of the name of Jesus. But when I think of power, I think of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. A lot of people are trying to do things just in the name of Jesus alone, and, and it doesn't quite work. They're not getting results. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost that will set a person free. I give you power to trample on snakes and scorpions. Father, right now, over this dear woman, come on, you set her free. Free, 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 free. There it is. Come on, relax. There it is, Father, right now I'm breaking this even from, I'm breaking criticism off your life. Criticism's coming out of your soul right now. You set her free, come on. Spirit of criticism off her life. Loose her now in the name of Jesus. Just relax, don't you pray. I'm telling you, God loves you. Father, more, 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 more. Come on, these troubling thoughts coming out of her soul right now. Father, more, 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 more. I break spirit of depression off her life. Off, 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 off. Come on, loose her, let her go. Set her free, 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 free. Have we got a mic there? What's happening? The power of God's all over you. God's doing the work. Come on, let's reach out to this dear lady. He loves her. Father, you're not going to fall down. I won't let you, okay? That's better, hey? Just relax. Father, more, 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 more. We're going to keep you standing up. Don't worry, there's a guy behind you. He's going to take care of you. There it is. Father, more, 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 more. I'm breaking abandonment off her life. Abandonment off her life. She's been abandoned, this dear lady. Even as a young child, it's coming off her life right now. Come on, you set her free. That rejection is coming out of her soul now. See, we've got authority over this stuff. The power of the Holy Ghost can set people free of all these things. Father, more, 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 more. There it is. There it is. It feels good, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? What's happening? Thank you. I've never been one to believe in depression. Wow. And I, I went to a counsellor this week, and then she said to me that I'm depressed. And I've never been depressed. How do you feel now? 
I feel good. You feel good? I, I feel like the Lord Jesus Christ is within me. <laughs> Thank you. Praise Thank you. God. God bless you, dear lady. Where's the other lady who was, who was here on the ground? Where is she? Where did she go? Quick, come, come, come. What happened to you? I saw the light. You saw the light? Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, how do you feel right now? I feel really free, confident in wow. the Lord. Wow. And I thank Jesus. So what was it like before? What did you what was um, what was troubling you? Well, uh, I've been diagnosed because of uh, my circumstances. Mm. Um, I escaped domestic violence. Mm. My neighbor told me about the care center okay. I yeah, came here awesome. on a first day. Wow. And I, I really felt the Holy Spirit here and I didn't want to leave. But um <laughs> <laughs> Is that good? You don't want to leave. Yeah. And I That's thank God awesome. all the time when I come here for a safe place to come wow. and worship Him and honor Him with my life. Wow. And I, I never believe in depression, but being diagnosed all yeah, the yeah, time yeah. and said that I was well, you're, you're know, a, a bit going um, thing. And I said, no, God made me whole through come Jesus on. Christ. That's awesome. What a great confession. Fantastic. Fantastic. There's so much in this story of David and Goliath, but one point I want to bring out here this morning. It was the one, David chose the most important fight. He fought one guy, and because he fought one guy, I haven't even had a chance to finish reading the story, but he slung this guy. Let me just finish. It's, we've got to get to the good part. We can't leave that, leave you hanging. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet Goliath, Reaching into his bag, he took out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sunk deep into his forehead and he fell down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And then what happened was the people of Israel then rose up, the Philistines fled and the entire nation was defeated that day. See, David chose the most important fight because the one thing that he did was he took out the very thing that opened up everything to him. And there's a couple of points I wanted to share here today. But in particular, the big fight that we have in our faith, this is going to surprise some people, the big fight that we have as Christians in our faith is believing that God is good. That's the fight. If you can maintain that fight in faith, always believing that God is good, you will take out so many other things, so many other obstacles that come your way. And of course, the other fight that's equal to that is just the fight of salvation, which I referred to earlier, is, is reaching out to Christ and making Him your Lord and Saviour. Says, but in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, faith, if your faith doesn't really believe that God's good, if your faith gives a little bit of a, like that God's like 80% good, and every now and then he does something that's a bit out of character, has a bad day, or sends something harmful your way, that's not faith. Faith is 100%. All it is is having a revelation 
of the goodness of God. And choosing to believe that God can only ever always be good. He said in he says, God is love, the Bible says. You see, the devil's greatest trick was the very first one he played ever in the garden was he said to Eve, did God really say that? Nah, he, he doesn't mean that. He wants to hold off on you. He's got a bit of a mean streak. He's a bit jealous. He's got a bit of pride or whatever. And the devil twisted God's character and he's still doing that today. That's his greatest trick that he has. And when negative circumstances come into our lives, we've got, to, we've got to understand it's not God who's allowing that. It's not God who's sending that. It is just a straight-out attack of the devil, either directly or indirectly, or through other people, or through, through the world around us, which is a fallen place, less than perfect. It's not God. He's, he's only into the solution. He, he's done everything. He's done everything to win us back. It says in Romans 8, it says, he, he, who did not, he who gave up his own son for us, how much more will he graciously give us all things? He did not spare his own son, but how much more will he graciously give us all things? To think that God's a little bit mean is actually an insult to him because of everything he's done because he's opened up the way. He's made everything possible for us to get to him. And the fight of faith around salvation is such an amazing fight. We see people fighting through that every weekend. And um, I recently watched a movie uh, that was called God's Not Dead. Has anyone seen that? It's been out a while now. Apparently there's another one coming. It's a great Christian movie. And the acting's quite good. And it follows the storyline of a few different individuals. But one of the people in that story, which, which really grabbed me, was this really successful business guy. He was a prideful guy. He was arrogant. He was quite wealthy. He'd done, been, he'd done really, really well. He's a guy, young guy in his 30s. Everything was all going well for him. His mother was in, in a nursing home and she had dementia. And she was like really advanced dementia. And her daughter used to go and see him, see her. And, and the daughter said to the son, to the, to the other son, she said, you should go and visit your mother. And he goes, what's the point? You know, she doesn't know, doesn't know who anybody is. Anyway, it got to him and he went to see her. And he's sitting there and she's just looking off into space. And he looks at her and he says, this is amazing. You, look at you. You've served God your whole life. You've prayed and believed. And look at you. You're the nicest person I know. And I'm the meanest. You've got dementia. And my life is perfect. How do you explain that? And every now and then this lady would have a moment where she would switch on. And right then she had one of those moments. And she said to him, she said, the devil sometimes allows people to have an easy life so they will not feel a need to reach out to God. 
said, sin is like a jail cell. It's all nice and comfortable on the inside. The door's wide open. Until one day, time runs out. And the door slams shut. And you realize it's too late. Jesus said these words. He said, I am the door. Whoever comes through me, he shall be saved. He shall come in and go in and out and find pasture. He'll find, he'll satisfy the desires of his heart. He'll satisfy the inner being. He'll, he'll find things that, that, that are helpful and good and, and that bring true satisfaction. He won't find quick fixes that, that are great now and then all of a sudden they're no good or they've got a hidden trap at the other end like the devil's things do, like sin does. But I don't know every person in this room here today. But we all started off living in a cell just like that. That's how we are. The Bible says all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It also says that the wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus had to come to rescue us out of that situation so that we could be released through him, so we could walk through a door that he provides. Because truly enough, that door slams shut at one point in time when we draw our last breath. And we need a way out. We need a way out. And the only way out is through Christ. So I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads here right now, right across this room. 